Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. everybody welcome back to another episode of but am i wrong starring the two most beautiful people whose voices you've ever heard because we don't do video for this podcast (laughs) so sexy so luxurious so it's like velvet between your toes i don't like that i don't like feeling things between my toes but speaking of voices someone commented on one of my tiktoks being like, oh my gosh, I listened to your podcast and I have no, had no idea what you looked like. But the second I heard your voice, I was like, oh my gosh, this is Megan. <laughs> and I was like, who in there? Like, not that I'm opposed to that at all, but I was like kind of shocked because like, I feel like 99% of our listeners or like 90% of our listeners have come from visual mediums mm-hmm. that I have like done. And it was because they are a relationship with Cammie Crawford fan hey. and heard me on Cammie's podcast. And I was like, that is a good synergy crossover. That is. It very much is. Yeah. That is our energy. Mm-hmm. She is our energy. I saw someone comment on something. It was like, I just started listening to the podcast and I just realized this is Melissa from Just Between Us. And I was just like, that's funny. <laughs> I wonder if it takes people like because the crossover that I have with like a good chunk of like the host of the other podcasts you yeah. do, maybe they think that like you are the same Melissa from just between us and don't blame me. But are you the same Melissa in directionally challenged? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, is there one that they're like, what? This is it? Like, it's all clicking. Yeah. That would be funny. Well, to give you a lowdown, if you are new to this podcast, this is But Am I Wrong? Where we tell you If you are wrong, and don't worry, it's solicited. You send in emails of things that have happened in your life recently, in the past, things that are weighing on your mind. And we let you know if you are the hero or the villain in the situation, and we do it with our own lives. We share current things that we have gone through or uh, hot takes that we have. And then we also do it when regards to like celebrities, pop culture, current events. And then the best part is, if you think we are wrong, you can let us know over on our Instagram because we do voting for each segment of the episode. So these episodes come out on Thursday. The voting usually comes out on Friday, (laughs) but I am responsible for that. And some days that long COVID takes me out more than others, and I don't even have the energy to take my second Adderall of the day, and therefore my day ends at like noon, and I am just laying there. Gotta be honest, I thought you might have been mad at me for what reason, I don't know, but <sighs> you've got your red receipts on, and they I show do? me that you've read it. I'm thinking you just Holy- click on it and don't actually read but your red receipts are on and it feels like I'm you're just ignoring me. And right now I would like you to go to your phone and just I for just me, turn them turn off. Them off. <laughs> I just turned them off. Okay, that great. was not supposed to be there because yes, you are correct. I see it, 
And I go, mental note. But my issue is for some reason, I tell myself, Megan, take a mental note. And if it's like inside out, my brain is like, mental note, bitch. We can't do that. Mm -hmm. Like, we do not know how to do that. Open up your fucking to-do list and write it down and then hope you'll do it. We can't guarantee you'll do that either. Apple, please make um, unread a thing on text messages. This is on Apple. Maybe somebody there is listening. (laughs) So, like, make it possible to do unread because... I feel like that's the most requested thing. And I'm like, why haven't they done it? Makes no sense. Part of me is like, you know, everyone's been requesting it for so long. There must be a reason why they can't do it. Like, might be the technology's not there. And after we've seen so many stupid and useless updates from Apple, I'm like, no, they could do it. They're choosing not to. They're choosing not to. The technology is definitely there. If you can do it in an email, you can do it in a text message. Yep. Let's do the results. So this is Who is Wrong for episode 12. First up, me versus real estate. The real estate in industry. I was at real estate injury. 98% said real estate and 2% said me. And I think probably based on just the profile pictures, I can tell who is a flipper. So the next one is Melissa versus the milk industry. 90% said big milk. 10% said Melissa. Sounds about right to me. I just want you to know that while looking for the photos to do this, this was like worse than when you say the word garbage over and over and over again and it doesn't become a word. Seeing these fucking milk mustache pictures, disgusting. Like, it was like, how did we let this go on for so long and think this was okay? Because we all know that's not what a milk mustache looks like. Also, I mean, there there's plenty of behind the scenes of them painting these on. And like, all this says to me is like, the only way you can have that much milk staying there is if you do truly have a mustache. (laughs) But also you would have to have a mustache that then would have to be like pretty light colored, pretty white. Mm -hmm. So to me, I'm just like, I know that this is supposed to look like milk, but none of us are suspending disbelief. We all know that this looks so weird. And just the fact that there's all these celebrities looking so glamorous (laughs) with this, it's just, I hate it. I hate it. It was a time. It was a time. I mean, these posters were in all the magazines. They were like up in schools. It was the commercials on TV. They were everywhere. They did like a reboot of a couple of them to like pay homage. And I think it was like Seth Rogen and someone else. I could see that. I'm surprised no like fake milk company has come through and done a mockery of it. I wonder... Because got milk is a trademarked phrase. But they could do the the mustache thing. It would be like a joke. Like they know that it like everyone knows it's a joke and like it's a parody of it. Yeah, it would have to be like a completely obvious parody mm-hmm. because it can't it can't confuse consumers. Yes, Otherwise, exactly. you can get sued. Exactly. So, yeah, you would have to do like an SNL level mm-hmm. parody of it. It'd That'd be, be great. It would be great. Also, to everyone in other countries that sent your explanations Like I said, this was only a USA thing. And like, I don't really care about the history. I just want it. It's a rant. Like, it's not. I don't want a history lesson. No, not at all. Okay. I did give a warning for the next slide that the wording of this was going to be a little confusing just because it's a hard one to describe unless you've listened. And so this one was writer number one who was getting bullied by a roommate and then gossiping to her roommates about her roommates versus the roommates telling their bullying roommate about the gossiping. 
So if you didn't listen to last week's episode, you're probably like, the This fuck? makes perfect sense to me. Because we've listened. Yeah, this was I the mean, thing that, but like, that's the thing is, if you're not listening, you shouldn't be voting. I try and stress it to people all the fucking time. And I'm like, and if you don't remember, start out, listen to it again before you vote. So this one said 71% said the writer was wrong and 29% said her roommates were wrong. So I think that the most of the people are agreeing with us in the sense that like nobody's condoning bullying, but you kind of lose your footing when you then in turn gossip about someone and all of that stuff. You're not put in the best position. Mm-hmm. All right. Writer number two first, her internet friend whose house she stayed at. 14% said the writer, 86% said the friend. And we have a little update about this one. I'm the writer for this one update. I talked to her a little in person when I was still there and she was like, yeah, sorry, but I don't think she understood the gravity of it. So I tried talking to her about it again when I came home and she was like, I'm not sure why we're rehashing this. I thought we had moved on. So she didn't address anything I brought up, including asking her if I came with romantic intentions. So yeah, still waiting for her to respond to a text I sent her saying how I didn't feel like the conversation was finished. So it's been disappointing. Okay. So next we have writer number three versus the coworker who harassed her. 99% said the coworker. 1% said the writer. I'm pretty sure. Yep. We've got a, what someone said they voted wrong. I mean, there's like 10 people that voted for the writer with a margin of error. That seems right. All right. Then we've got writer number four versus her boyfriend who claims to be a feminist. 4% said the writer was wrong and 96% said her boyfriend. Yeah. I mean, I think it should be 100% her boyfriend, but... As do I. Wrong of the week, Michael Todd. 96% said Michael Todd. 4% said everyone else. This is interesting because I don't think we received anyone saying that they voted wrong. (laughs) I don't think we did either. So... If you think that it's cool to spit on someone in the middle of a pandemic... Spit on someone, period. And then... No, no, but I just mean like spit on someone... Period. But then you can find that, well, even though it's the middle of the pandemic, the justification of religion, that (laughs) that makes bodily fluids okay during a pandemic and literally spitting on someone like, uh, oh, it was like he spit in his own hand, hocked up a loogie, like hocked up like you could hear him hawking it up, spit in his hand and then rubbed it on the guy's face. When I tell you I never needed to know the visual, and then when I fucking looked up pictures, that was the first thing that came up and not a headshot. I was like, this is disgusting. Yep. Like, I saw frame by frame. Thankfully, I didn't watch a video because that's... her. I thought when I first saw it, I thought maybe he was just talking and just like spit came out of his mouth, you know, as yeah. somet- sometimes happens when you're talking. So as soon as I heard the loogie, I was out, and then I watched pictures of the rest. <sighs> Ugh. Okay, next wrong of the week, Jamie Lynn on Call Her Daddy, and the percentages are 98% said Jamie Lynn and Call Her Daddy, and 2% said I stand them both. But interestingly enough, 17 votes for that and 17 votes for fine with Michael Todd. Yeah. Have you seen the girl that does the Southern translations? So she has Britney's, you know, uh, Instagram posts seem like a stream of consciousness. And so she yeah. she's from the South, the girl that does it. And so she reads it how like a Southerner would read it. And it adds so much more nuance to it. It's so good. And I've actually, so it's funny because I've followed her since she's had like a ca- account that was called Meme Queen that like she was just, it, she only had like a few thousand followers. And now she's like blown up and like 
changed what she was doing. So it's like I've seen her growth. So it's pretty cool. That's that is so cool. Yeah. That's funny. I'll have to send it to you because I think you would enjoy it. So that's probably better than that girl from West Side Story who did like a dramatic reading of them. Yes. I didn't see that. I don't know what it is. So I feel like this is light times better because it's in the dialect that it should be read in. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. This one was this girl basically was like a real life Rachel Berry and like did a dramatic reading as if it was a monologue. And as someone who grew up doing theater, I just want to say that, like, if you cannot look at your own community and be like, we've got some issues, that's a problem. Like, (laughs) I know, like, was I a theater kid? Yes, but not what you think I was. (laughs) Like, that, like, it's, ooh, the tone deafness when it's like, everything is art. And I'm like, cut the cameras. Please stop. I also want to just say that for anybody who isn't following us on Instagram, like, I mean, our personal ones, obviously, but the podcast, if you remember, like, at the end of episodes for both this podcast and Don't Blame Me, we'll tell people to comment things. And the one we did for the last episode was, I think it was what we said, the boyfriend, Mm -hmm. what his name would be. And just the amount of comments of just funny fucking names Jeremy and he smells like Old Spice and pot. Like it's just all of these funny ones. I feel like people are reaching into their past and people that they knew and just relating it to it. It's always so funny when someone has such strong feelings about a specific name that you're like, oh, this is this is personal. Yeah. (laughs) Like I could go through your Instagram like following list and figure out who you're talking Mm -hmm. about. This makes sense. Oh, okay. Well, do you want to start first with but am I wrong or do you want me to? I'll go first. I feel I think mine is much more lighthearted than yours. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. So mine's another rant from myself, just so the listeners know. But am I wrong is when we pick something. Um, It could be something that happened in our lives or just something in the ether pop culture. And we share what it is and then, you know, vote on if we're wrong. So mine is just a rant. I've had a pretty good week, but there are some things that happen that I do not want to share on air. And I'll leave it at that. So mine's about thongs. And I think that thongs are childish. And here's my reasoning. You mean the underwear for Australians listening? Oh, yes. She means underwear. The underwear that goes between your ass cheeks. So here's my reasoning for them being childish. So what age did you get your first thong? I mean, you know, I have that memory of being like 12 and going into Victoria's Secret and running in and out like 15 times with my friends being like, we're not going to buy them. We're not going to buy them. And then we finally did. Exactly. And we hid them. Exactly. See, there's something you buy as a child and then you hide them, but you wear them because they make you feel grown up. Mm -hmm. And I think they're the worst kind of underwear that is because one, it goes between your butt cheeks and then two, it inevitably rides up between your cat too so it's like floss in the front and back for what so that people can't see your panty line who the fuck cares that's childish you either are wearing underwear or you're not like i don't care about a panty line if somebody cares about a panty line they're fucking childish like get rid of thongs you either wear underwear that you're comfortable in or you don't wear underwear at all and that is my soapbox that I'm standing on and the hill that I'm willing to die on as well. (laughs) 
damn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I don't think that you're wrong. I think that there is something that I also do associate thongs with being childish. It, it's like a pseudo adulthood. Like mm-hmm. when you're a kid, that's what you think adulthood means. Exactly. And I think that like, there's probably a couple of other things that like feel really grown up that you like don't really think of as much. But when you're a kid, you're like, wow. But thongs are definitely one of them. I will personally say that like there are some great thongs that I like enjoy immensely. You enjoy it being in your ass? My preference is a G-string. Like I don't, if you give me a similar ratio of like pussy coverage and like ass, like no, no, no. Because one of these things is supposed to go up and the other side is not. Mm -hmm. So like, I find that the ratio usually works a lot better with like G-strings and that kind of stuff. But I'm specific. It's a thong, not a G-string. Yeah. So I agree with you for thongs for the most part. I understand when you're wearing an outfit that you, the only time that I'm like, I'm going to opt for a thong over just not wearing any underwear is if it physically makes me feel more secure and more comfortable. Like I'm wearing something that's white and I'm like, what if I like chart and like, well, also if, if you I shart, shart it's, in a it's not going to save fuck. you. <laughs> That's true. No, let's say that like I like laugh and I like pee a little bit like or something like happens like that. Like it's just like a safety net there. Okay. But I do not anyone who like is was like, well, you know, like what if like your skirt flies up? I'm like if your skirt flies up, what you see in a in a thong and without any underwear is like basically the exact mm-hmm. same thing. So like I understand it with like clothes in the, I don't want you to see a line there. If it like feels like it messes up the silhouette of something, if it's like a fancy dress or something like that, I can understand. But I do agree that specifically like panty lines are, that is childish. Like if you are concerned or thinking about that, I feel the same way with that as I do with camel toes, where I'm just like, who gives a, the amount of people, like when I was like working out, (laughs) don't do that anymore. But when I was, the amount of people would be like, well, what do you do for like camel toes and like these leggings or this color of leggings when you sweat there? And I'm like, you sweat? Like, what do you mean? And I'm like, every single like femme presenting person there who's like wearing similar like workout sets to I am in the gym, we're all having like sweat on our vaginas Mm -hmm. and our butts. Like nobody cares like at all. It is just such a young kind of mentality and thing why are we like roman being like wow nice bulge but like please don't show me like have any indication that you have a vagina i did see this one girl on tiktok who was doing squats and then her pants ripped and she didn't have on any underwear so her ass was just out and i was like that's a flex that means your ass is just getting big and she's like a guy that was like there gave her a sweatshirt till she got back to the locker room but I consider that a flex. And she had it on video because she was recording herself doing squats. Yeah. So it was pretty funny. And she showed I us all and no that. one cared. Yeah, no one cares at all. I think the only time that I'm like, go for it, do it, is if it physically makes you more comfortable. Yeah. If you're wearing jean shorts or it's mm-hmm. something like that, that it's like, that's physically more comfortable. But I will say sometimes I do find thongs more comfortable than like the full moon kind of we call them full moon underwear the ones that like fully cover your butt because uh those ones i can find ride up inconsistently at least with a thong it's stuck you know i also have no ass so that might be a factor in both of those things okay there's not much for it to eat you know (laughs) (laughs) my ass is like it's not hungry it's like i'm okay 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 so my but am i wrong like melissa said is a little less ha 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 lighthearted 
And I fucking hope that nobody is going to be like, fuck this. I don't agree with this. But mine is health insurance. And this is American specific. And I will say, (laughs) this is like one thing that like, if you are in a place where you have universal health care and it's amazing and it's great, that is so awesome. I don't need you to slide into my DMs and tell you how you don't have this problem. And it's like so great and wonderful for you because like that is so not helpful at all. Like email legislation in the United States and suggests that they implement these things like I'm or, or talk to people who are not into universe for that. But like when someone is like struggling and dealing with insurance stuff to have people who are like, I don't have that problem. It's so good here. Even if you say that you're sorry, it's not where I am. It's just, it makes you feel like trapped in like fucking purgatory hellhole of like, great, awesome, which I already know. So I mentioned on the last podcast that my surgery is coming up and all of this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And today I had to reschedule my endometriosis surgery because it's not recommended to, I mean, for a lot of reasons. One factor is it's not recommended to get surgery that's not like, life-threatening. You needed to survive immediately while you still have COVID symptoms and that long COVID is still considered to be having COVID-like symptoms. And there is a massive, maybe not massive, but there is like a statistically like increase in patients who don't wake up after having surgery, who deal with complications, but mostly like, you know, death. This isn't to scare anyone, but like talk to your doctor about it because I love my surgeon. I love her office. I love everybody there. But that was something that I was nervous about. And I came across that information. And then I shared it with them. And they were like, Oh, yeah, we should reschedule that surgery. And I was like, you should tell your patients like and talk to them about it. Because like, I know that you all know that I had COVID. I had to reschedule like an appointment when I had it. But like you also know that I have long COVID symptoms. And so it is so frustrating just and that's kind of like the whole crux of this issue is how much work I as a patient have to put into this, like just into going to like doctors and stuff. And it's not like I'm doing homeopathic things and I'm healing myself at home. It's like, like when you're doing these things with professionals, I still have to do so much fucking legwork. And I am so lucky that I have the time to do it. Do I have crippling anxiety that makes it like really, really hard? Is it set up for people who are neurodivergent and aren't good at remembering things and like being able to speak concisely and clearly? No. And so like, it's not set up for people who are not mentally well or not like neurotypical to use the medical system that they specifically need. And like, that's the thing that's been so frustrating with then finding out working my ass off. And I've talked about this a ton of trying to figure out how much my insurance is going to cover. Cause if my insurance doesn't cover anything, it can be up to like $60,000. And I worked with this amazing woman who does insurance at that hospital. I worked with my business managers who work with insurance, but there's no way for me to call my insurance and ask them that basically I'm not going to know how much this is going to cost me until they're done until the surgery is already done and they have to deem it medically necessary. And because it's diagnostic, they could then decide if they don't find any endometriosis that it wasn't medically diagnostic and then they're not going to cover any of it. And I repeat that, like, I'm not, I, I, I know I keep saying that I'm lucky, but like this, it without a doubt fucking sucks and it's horrible and awful. And like, I hate it. And it like affects every part of my life, but it's not diabetes. And it's not something where I, if I don't have urgent medical care, I'm going to die and I'm going to have like severe complications immediately. But 
I might have severe complications and not know it and might have it like later down the road and all of that. And so while I am lucky that I can put this off and wait till we have a house and so it's not going to tank my credit score after we get the bill for this and doing all of that stuff, it is still so fucked up that this system that we have for healthcare is not suited for unhealthy people. Like our healthcare system is built for people who are never going to use their insurance are never going to need that healthcare. And that's where we have such a lack of like the literacy of understanding all of this and that it's the system that's so broken. And I, yeah, like I said, I worked with all these amazing people who were like, who felt so bad for me and were trying so hard to help me and do everything that they can. But like they're working within a broken system. And I'm just like so fucking done with people who think that we can't have universal health care and who think that it's too expensive and think that it doesn't work any places. And they don't look at how we're pretty. We're like the only developed country that doesn't have it. And like then they also turn around and are simultaneously like incredibly ableist and fat phobic and all of this stuff that's like, you don't care about people's health at all. And I'm just like so fucking done with it. And I'm so lucky that there's nobody in my life who's like that, but like just fucking reading how insurance companies write things out as if they're doing all of this wonderful, helpful things for us. And just like the whole thing as a shit show is like be it, it, it just as an adult just makes me like so angry. It feels like the easiest thing that after a pandemic in the midst of a pandemic, that this is something that our government would change. But cynically, it does not feel like we're close at all. You know? Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. And it's not like the money isn't there for us to have universal health care. It's just they're not taxing everyone at it at the rate that they should be taxing everyone. And then also, like, even with everything that you're saying, like, even just having a business manager, that's, like, a privilege. And that's a privilege that most people don't even have. So it's just fucked up. It's all fucked up. It's all so fucked up. And, like, I, as a neurodivergent person, have so much help. I have, like, like, Mots is, like, the fucking best. Like, my fucking something stickers on my plates expired. And, like, he noticed and is, like, getting those fixed and, like, doing that stuff. Like, I have so much support of, like, then someone in my personal life who can help me do these other things that then when there's something something that I need to do personally because it's medical and they have to have my information, it has to come from me, that it's someone who's able to cover a lot of other stuff so I can have the bandwidth to do that. And... That is such a privilege. It's not something I've always had the privilege of by any means. And I, in the scheme of things, I am not the most like mentally or physically unwell person at all who needs to utilize the healthcare system. And it's this hard for me, you know? Yeah, it's it's infuriating. But this is also something that you've been dealing with a long time that you were in so much pain that it does affect you mentally and physically and also financially because you can't work while the things are going on. So mm-hmm. it just sucks. Yeah. It just sucks that we have, we don't have universal health care because of that. We don't have like medical literacy and great doctors mm-hmm. who are doing all of these things because we're not, we're avoiding going to the doctor. We're not trying to do this stuff and like yeah. learn about this. Like I didn't even know about endometriosis and like also talk about like AFAB medical issues, but like, I didn't even know about endometriosis till I was an adult. I didn't know about having surgery until I had a friend who had gotten surgery. And Mm -hmm. like, it just becomes like word of mouth and all of this shit that like, 
again, we're putting all of the onus and responsibility on the patients to maneuver a system that is not built for them to make it work for them. And doctors are trying to do the same thing. And like, it, it's just not, it's not benefiting ap- anyone mm-hmm. at all. Except for the people's that pockets it's lining. Yep. Yep. I also, have we learned nothing from the opioid crisis? Why do we trust that? So many, not just opioids. There's so many crises that have happened. I mean, even right now with COVID. Yeah. It makes me so mad. And then as someone who voted Democrat and as somebody who's registered Democrat, but is definitely far more left than Democrats, I was dealing with this shit one day and it was just like overwhelming. And then I fucking go on to Instagram and Joe Biden's just a picture of him eating ice cream. And I'm like, no, like this just and I was telling Mots that I just know that the fucking White House feels like Veep right now. And Kamala's in her office being like, I'm sorry, he's where? He's getting ice cream and she's just being Selena, being like, I can't do anything. He shouldn't be acting like there's a re-election coming. He should be just like putting his hand down and just doing shit. Yeah. Forgiving student loans. Yeah. If you are the president who's able to, whether or not you get it done, but you're able to make that headway and then... He promised to do it. I know. Student loans and then you have the beginnings of universal health care. Like, you will go... You will be in history books. Stop eating the ice cream. (laughs) Like, or just eat it. Don't take a picture of it. it. (laughs) Like, just go eat your fucking ice cream in your office while you're doing work. And like, let Kamala do something because, you know, she's scrolling through Instagram because she's trying to get a meeting with him to talk about something. And then she just sees yeah. that. It just gives me Selena Veep vibes. Yeah. If anybody's watched Veep, I just feel like that's it. I think they ended it at the perfect time because things just became so eye comical because it just couldn't go on any longer because it turned into the real world. It truly did. And it's so it's it's one of the best shows ever made. Yeah. Okay. All right. So here's the first one. My best friend got engaged in November. Since high school, we have always talked about being bridesmaids in each other's weddings. She was one in mine. And a month before she got engaged, we talked about it again. And she said I would be one. Now she's engaged. She has yet to ask me, but I think I am one. I am like 99% sure. We have talked about wedding plans, have shared Pinterest boards, And she asked for my opinion on a bridesmaid's dress. It says BM. And when I see see CBM, I think bowel movement. So (laughs) what do you think? Black man. Oh, (laughs) that's my entire TikTok. I just got into like a whatever. But it's yeah, it was a BM dating something. And the first thing I thought of was like a bowel movement. And they're like, no, black man. I was like, oh, okay. So that was me like three days ago. Okay. I wasn't asked to go wedding dress shopping, but most likely due to COVID limit. So that's totally fair. Still, I'm feeling a little out of the planning and she hasn't explicitly asked me to be a bridesmaid. It's kind of understood. We are both extremely low key and do not need grand gestures like gift baskets. But am I wrong for feeling a little hurt or annoyed that she hasn't asked me officially? Should I ask her or her sister, who is the maid of honor and my other best friend? Some other factors. She is a Gemini, a twin, 26. We have been friends for 12 years and she lives a state away from me. I am 27 at Taurus and got married during 2020 and had a small wedding under 20 people. So I'm aware I may be projecting a bit of my wedding dreams on her because I didn't get to have the wedding I wanted. But still, am I wrong? I do think I do think that you are wrong just because like 
my question would be like, so my best friend is not doing bridesmaids. And so she never asked me to be a bridesmaid, but so like, she's my best friend. So like, I just assumed and I asked her, I was like, are you gonna do bridesmaids? And she's like, no, I'm just gonna have like my sister. Like there's just too many. She's so many fucking cousins. And she was like, it's just like too many people. So I'm just going to do my sister. And that's just going to be it. But I think that like, because you've discussed it, you know, she's having bridesmaids, like she's showing you bridesmaids dresses and all of that. Like, I think that it's just kind of like an assumption that you would be a bridesmaid. To me, that just shows how close you are that you'd feel stupid being like, well, of course, like we've already talked about it. And also, like, if if she was, like, asking your opinion on bridesmaid's dresses, that would be such an asshole move of, like, what bridesmaid dress should I get for everyone else but not you? Just ask her. I don't think this is, like, a a wrong or right, like, type of thing. Just be like, hey, I just want to maybe say, I just want to see for my budget, am I a bridesmaid? Yeah, or, like, hey, how many bridesmaids are you thinking of having? Are you going to have people, like do bachelorette stuff that are not in the bridal party. Like how many people are there? And I'm one of them, right? Like you can make it like funny. And if you're as close as you say that you are, it shouldn't be an issue. Yeah. I think that like when it comes to like feeling not that you were, you weren't invited to go wedding dress shopping and you weren't as involved in like the planning aspect of it. My kind of rule of thumb when it comes to like weddings and stuff, like you as a friend or a guest or something like that, like just have to recognize that the people who are planning the wedding are so stressed. They're doing so much shit and like all of that. And like, it's so unlikely that it's like a personal slight against you that like, it might make you feel really nice to feel included, but that like might make it more stressful and harder for them. And I always find that like the people you're closest to with like friends and stuff, you're like the thing I love the most about my friends. I'm like, I don't have to explain that shit to them. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't have to feel like I have to dance around it or kind of like do something that's harder for me because I think they'll be upset. Like I'm like, they're just understanding. So, you know, I also like something that I do Sydney's getting married and like her thing that like she never wants to annoy people with like wedding details. And so she's like, I'm never going to like text someone and be like, just constantly talk about it all the time. And so I'll text her and like, I will be like, oh, so like, have you like figured out what you can do here? And like gives her an opportunity to like talk about that stuff. So she knows it's not annoying to me because for some people it is really fucking annoying. Mm -hmm. And I probably wouldn't care that much for a lot of other people if like, I wouldn't want to know. Yeah. But sometimes people like who are planning weddings don't want to talk about all of that shit when they don't have to. Yep. So are you wrong? Yes. Yes. (laughs) In conclusion, yes. (laughs) In conclusion, yes. But yeah, if you want to ask the other friends, go for it. Okay. I am writing in with a lukewarm conflict, but I'd love your opinion nonetheless. My boyfriend, 24, he, him, and I, 23, she, her, live together, and he is my absolute favorite person. I usually go to bed about around 11, and he stays up to play video games with his friends until around one. We usually try to tidy up the kitchen after dinner, but don't always get around to it. He's now taking it upon himself to clean the kitchen loudly before he goes to sleep. Very kind of him to tidy so I can wake up to a clean kitchen, but goddamn, does it have to be at 1 a.m. when I'm trying to sleep? Am I wrong for being annoyed at him for cleaning? All the best and love the podcast. I just want to say that I am your boyfriend and this is Mots and I's constant, constant battle. I have a massive bedtime procrastination. Like I will stay up. I For the last like two weeks, I've stayed up till 3 a.m. every single night. But I will like stay out in the living room and I'll be like, hmm, I want a snack now. Hmm, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to do this. And he's like, literally come to fuck to bed. Like this is so loud. Or I will like tidy up and do all of that. 
And I know that I am in the wrong. Like, (laughs) I know that I am at fault here. So you are not wrong at all. Like, that is super fucking annoying. And you just got to implement that and be like, and now I'm like much more conscious about it. Do I still do it occasionally? Yes, but it is very rude. And like, if you're not going to do it after you have dinner, you have to wait till the next day. Yeah, but maybe he's not an early riser. And then she wakes up to the dirty kitchen. Then he needs to clean it after dinner. <laughs> like, yeah. this is just, it's not, it is not fair. His dates with his friends on Xbox need to wait till a little bit later. I think about this all the time because I am someone who lives alone. And I was like, when, if I get a partner, like, they have to be a night person because I am up at all hours of the night just doing shit. Like, I don't even start working out till, like, 11, 12 o'clock at night. And then I'm, like, cleaning and doing things because after I work out, then I got to eat again. So, like, (laughs) I'm just, like, around doing shit. So I'm like, should I start adjusting? No, for what? But it's funny. Yes, he's wrong. He's right in the sense that he's, like, cleaning, but he should hold off on his xbox dates until later yeah right gesture wrong timing but the xbox you can put on your headphones and so he can still be up at one o'clock playing you know and not bothering you yeah it's not an issue of that like he doesn't have to go to bed earlier it's just like don't clean the kitchen at 1 a.m yeah that's not fair and yeah i should not do that either (laughs) except i don't even like fully clean the kitchen like i'll like start doing something and he's like what the fuck are you doing doesn't say it like that, but he's just like, literally, come to bed. <laughs> this is so annoying. And it, I do feel bad because then he wakes up at like 7 a.m. All right, uh, let's take a break. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood-rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time, and I just got my... I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, a, a secondary of my package, and I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function, there it's like elixir from the gods i cannot sing their praises enough specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious like it's it's so good i've even like had it on like ice and been like i'm drinking like a drink drink like you can throw a little straw in there and it's it's delicious it's so good and i just i love they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like, you know, medically need some electrolytes, but also if you're working out, if you're sweating, hot summer day, you're going to an amusement park, you're on your feet for a long period of time, all of that. Um, most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need. Yeah, I drink mine specifically when I am working out. It's my 
beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy delicious shake and they also have three tins four shake flavor starter kit which lets you sample all the flavors for only nine dollars Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code BLAMEME right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code BLAMEME. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like... <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like, you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like wait this I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley. And we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The ministry of time is like, people are calling it like, if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you 
and listed it as 45 of the must-read books for spring 2024. And then Harper's Bazaar also said part time travel romance, part spy thriller, and 100% multifaceted joyride. <gasps> when I tell you that, I was like, sold. We're also excited about the return of Ellie Black. And this one is about a missing girl who returns, but that isn't the end of the story. It's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com and you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. Haha. <laughs> Hope that break was as good for you as it was for us. I think I inhaled once. Yeah, I think I blinked like four times. <laughs> Maybe less. Okay. So So this person used letters in their description. So I will be making up names to put in here. Sorry if there's like a coincidence with who they actually are. Tough shit is what happens yeah. when you don't give us fake names. I'm 21 she her. And I'm on a co-ed sports team in college. It's a tight group of about 15. Recently at a party after one of our games, I confessed to having feelings for a teammate. 19, he, him, I'll call him Alex. And we started hooking up. We decided to keep it secret, but have continued to get together a few times in the past two months. One person on the team, 20, he, him, I'll call him Brad found out and said, either we tell the rest of the team or he does. <laughs> okay, I'll, let me finish reading. <laughs> I believe that while it could be a little uncomfortable, it's no one's business. I definitely understand where Brad is coming from, but, the, but at the end of the day, it's my life and giving an ultimatum is an overreaction. Note, I assured Brad that if something went wrong with Alex, I'd handle it maturely. Am I wrong? I'm a Leo, if y'all care. Ha ha. Laugh out loud. Whatever. I'm going to guess that the sports team that you guys play on is Quidditch. That's the only Mine was rugby. Thing. But like, is rugby co-ed? No, but I just, it, I just, that's the only thing that popped into my head. Yeah. I don't even really know what rugby is. <laughs> it's like the little, it's basically football with no helmet. Oof. <laughs> So that's what I'm going with Quidditch. It could be like track, but usually there's more than 15 people. So and like my question, a co-ed sports team, like, is this a college sports team? Like, is this for your school or is this like a recreational co-ed team? Because like most college sports are still pretty. Yeah, that's why I'm going with Quidditch. <laughs> but that's what I mean. So like that would be like a recreational sport. At some schools, it's an official sport, though. But they're not traveling to. Are, like, yes, they do. I know this from my research when I did. Uh, you're book. kidding. Yeah, I did a, a audio book that was about Quidditch. And then I looked it up and I was like, 
oh, this is real. And they're very into this. And it's like a serious thing. Okay. <laughs> wow. Seems about the right number of people to be on a Quidditch team. It seems like the type of drama that would be on a Quidditch team if he's like, I'm going to tell Yeah, me. Brad seems like he would be yeah. on one. I'm going to tell on you. <laughs> like, also, Brad, you're telling the team, like, what? To me, this is why this doesn't seem like there's like, I don't know, like a coach or something like that. Because like, yeah. why is Brad With taking Quidditch, on? you like... would need to have the coach. <laughs> but I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, why is Brad such a loser? Like, Brad, like, literally, like, fuck off. Like, right. what? Get your, like, fucking rocks off like go get like your dick sucked brad like what is wrong with you brad probably has a crush on alex or the writer and is mad it has to be yeah like there's no other logical reason because like here's the thing like i'm sorry like even if brad like tells the rest of your team unless your entire team is full of like brad weenies like they're gonna be like Okay. And they're like, all gonna be like what? we're hooking up too like yes if you're on a team everyone's hooking up in some type of way, whether you know or not. Yeah, if you're traveling to away games, if you're like spending all of this time together, regardless of the parts that you have, people are fucking. Like, mm -hmm. and like Brad is so naive to think that like, oh my, like what the fuck is Brad going to say to them? Like, I just want to let you all know we have a really serious issue. They had sex a couple of times. Like, he's going to look so fucking stupid. Like, and I'd get up and be like, that made us closer as teammates and we trust each other. And so we're going to bring that energy to the team. And then Brad's going to be like, okay, orgies for everyone. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what the fuck is his goal? Like, this is so weird. This to me just sounds like you're not wrong at all. Like, this is like your private fucking life. And like, if he wants to like tell people this shit like he's gonna look like a fucking idiot yeah unless there's like a rule that you guys can't fuck there is no fucking <laughs> especially like again like on your quidditch team like <laughs> imagine they're like actually we have these issues a lot so we do have a rule. i mean it was a big point in the book that i directed it was i mean like it's college of... everyone fucks yeah yep huh this is what a loser <laughs> Away, like Brad. literally, Brad, you're such a fucking loser. Okay. I am a 25-year-old. Pronouns are she, her. My boyfriend and I have a group of close friends that includes two other couples. We all get along very well, and I love hanging out with them. Lately, there's another couple that they are friends with that has been hanging out with us more. However, the male and I do not get along. I had met him many years ago, and we had gotten an intense argument, and I have not respected him ever since. A couple of years ago, he started coming around again, so I'd given him another chance thinking that maybe things had changed, but they didn't. We are argumentative towards each other, and the dislike is mutual. One of our friends, including him and his girlfriend, so eight people, have gone on three vacations together, and they were all miserable. It seemed everyone argued with him, and there was a lot of tension on these trips, to the point that it has caused me to have full panic attacks. My boyfriend and I set a boundary with our friend saying that we're no longer going to go on multiple-day vacations with him, and I prefer not to associate with him in general. Obviously, we have not gone on trips because of the pandemic, but they were okay with that and understood. Now they say they feel bad for leaving him out. They have all expressed their dislike in him, but they just tolerate it, where I do not and have actively defended me to him for the way he treats me. Am I wrong for not wanting to include him anymore? No. No. Not at all. Okay, I get it. I get it. But I truly, if we all hate someone, I have an issue with the friends that are like, 
come on, no. I'm like, no, no, no. You'll be next out if you're the fucking weak link who like wants to keep the shitty people around. Like that is so, it's just such a fucking waste of time. Mm -hmm. Like waste of everybody's time. And I don't think you're wrong at all. You're going to sit there and be miserable for what when you guys could all be having a grand old time. What's wrong is like if you're actively talking about it behind his back and like being mean and then like making fun of him and stuff. But if you're adamant and he's aware that you don't like him and you don't want him coming around, then like don't have him around. Like, it's not wrong to cut him out of your friend group, but it is wrong to not cut him out while all of you have had these conversations about Mm -hmm. how much you don't like him. And all of you know, and all of you have agreed that you do not like him and like you're miserable around him and he still is coming around. That is like a disservice, not only obviously to you, but like to him. Mm -hmm. Like that would make you wrong. Right. He's eventually going to find out. Then it's just going to make things worse. And it'll probably just make his behavior worse in the like long term because like you can sense that animosity there. So like it's just going to like boil over, boil over until one person's like, none of us want you here. We all hate Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Do something about it now or, you know, go get new friends, all new friends. (laughs) Yeah, this is a hard thing, though, with like traveling on like a couple's trip. Yeah. I don't know if I would do that with other couples unless like everyone was either all married or engaged, you know? Mm hmm. I don't want to waste a trip on someone who, like, sucks, who you're not going to date for that long. Yeah. Uh, okay. So now it is time for But Are They Wrong, a.k.a. Rachel of the Week, where we share someone in pop culture, current events, who we would like to nominate as being the Rachel, the wet blanket, the Gen Z millennial Karen. So I have mine, but I just got a disturbing text message from my sister, Megan. That said, Adam Sandler is so sexy. So she is on the block for that. Um, but here's my actual one. question. Is this the same sister who thinks Joe Biden is sexy? No, that's Melanie. I don't know which is worse, that it's not the same or that both. <laughs> they are different brands of older white men. But no, like- Melanie likes them like old old like they gotta be like old white man it's like her type but it's gotta be like they got great grandkids yeah now where was i my actual rachel of the week is lena dunham so i thought we had seen the end of her but for some reason she's popped up the reason i i'm sure it's a movie or something but i will not look into it but she just keeps coming up i can't escape seeing her Her PR team, I guess, is doing a great job. But why is this woman still, like, being hailed in the entertainment community? She is racist. She wrote a whole think piece about why at the Met Gala that a man, I don't even, I don't want to bring his name into this because he just doesn't deserve to be in this at all. But it's a black man that plays football and was like mad because he wasn't hitting her on her at the Met Gala. And then like wrote this whole think piece about like trying to make herself seem like a victim just because like he was nice to her but wasn't hitting on her. She has defended her co-worker that had sexual harassment claims brought against him and saying that she had proof that this woman was lying And she had no proof and came out and said that later came out and said that she had no proof that the woman was lying and still defended him. And 
that's just two of the ridiculous, disgusting things that she's done. And I just don't understand. Like, this is just like further proof that cancel culture does not exist. No. She is someone who like, I thought we as a society had evolved past this. Like, I thought that we were all able to like look back on girls as a show. And like, I thought that we had matured to a level where people were like, you know what? Saying that you made a TV show based on your own experience, which is like entirely ne- like nepotism, which is how you got here. And the reason why it's all white people is because those are the only people that you hung out with and you have no issue with that. Like, but there is no narrative about that in the show. That's just your explanation, which yeah. I'm like, that's like one of my biggest pet peeves where I'm like, if you are going to say that you're using that as like a plot device or it is something that is supposed to be apparently obvious and you never address it. I will say it was addressed, but in one episode after everyone had brought it up. But like, no. And it was like Donald Glover that came on for one episode and was like her boyfriend. And in that episode, he wrote his dialogue and you can tell that he wrote his dialogue and it feels like a fuck you to her anyway. (laughs) And he's just like that brilliant that I feel like he was like, yeah, I'll come on here and I'll do this. And it's like, fuck you. And then left. Yeah, I have so, so, so many issues with her and like she did something on oh she did um and this one I'm not gonna get into because I am like not I don't have like the authority to speak on this or whatever but I've done a lot of research through seeing TikToks and all this stuff about infant adoption and like the ethics of like kind of adoption in general and I've like looked at a lot of that stuff because like potentially will have fertility issues for me and what something that I've like learned which has been so helpful that like adoption is not a solution to fertility it's a solution to an unsafe situation for a child it it is not to be like a parent it is for the kid like that's what it's a solution for it's not like about the person an adoptive parent or anything like that and she like in this interview talked about directly based on like she got I think she got a full hysterectomy I think she also has endometriosis and talked about how she like wants to like look into like adopting in the future again as like a relation to not being able to naturally conceive her own kids and I'm like have we learned nothing about you speaking about something before like doing your research on this like yeah okay so mine is a little kind of more of a downer and I want to give a trigger warning for this talking about like suicide and suicidal ideation mental health so the former Miss USA from 2019 Chesley Christ she committed suicide this past weekend and I'm not going to talk about how she did it it's like very upsetting and also personal trigger for something in my life so I don't want to get into that aspect so I would also Please afraid if anyone wants to message about that, not including that part in messages to me. But the narrative of people on social media, how people talk about suicide and mental health in a way that they think is helpful, but it's not. The amount of people who have said things like, and this is a narrative that happens all the time, like, you never know what someone is going through. This would have been such a shock and this would have been such a sh- surprise. Like, this was like so sudden. I hate that narrative. I think like, when we stick like you would have never known that this person was depressed implies that there is a look of what someone who's not mentally well or someone who's depressed, what they look like. And if we still continue with that narrative, we're missed. This is how these things happen. Like we're continually missing that. Like if you think that like 
Nobody would have ever known she was so successful. She's so beautiful. It makes it seem like those people are so much less likely to be depressed. It's invalidating for those people who are beautiful, successful, reading those things, feeling like they can't ask for help. And it's also making people who maybe aren't doing mentally well, but aren't conventionally attractive and aren't successful in their careers, feeling like they should feel lesser than and they should be feeling depressed and feeling like this. And this whole notion that like these people had so much to live for again, Mm -hmm. like, and this is nothing to do with like people who say the, and I'm sure I've said shit like this before. Like it, it is just the kind of rhetoric we have around this. But there's always an opposite end of that. Like when you say that she had so much to live for, that means that there are other people who don't have things to live for. Right. And how we speak about suicide needs to be so much more careful because so many people are suicidal. So many people have suicidal ideation. And seeing how people talk about other people's suicides can be really, really triggering for people. And I hated the people who have been like, there must have been foul play involved. She had nothing to be depressed about. Like something must have happened. There has to have been something else. Like this couldn't have been it. I refuse to believe it. And that again in itself is just showing that you don't know enough. And so Maite, who I have become TikTok friends with, she did one She talked about it on one of her TikToks and her saying that same thing of being like, she was a light, like you would have never known. She has dealt with suicidal ideation. And she was like, if you didn't know, you didn't know her. Mm -hmm. And that kind of notion that like, if you're not asking your friends and you're not checking in with these people, they say like, oh, check in with your friends, talk to your friends. But for people who truly know you and really spend that time with you and all of that, like that is something that, you should know if a friend is struggling and that's not any onus on people who have like lost friends to suicide by any means at all. But when we have those, when we speak about it in a way that is like, it couldn't have been suicide. It had to have been something else. It does stigmatize it further of people like her don't kill themselves. And then you have to ask the question, what kind of people kill themselves? And when you describe that person, those people exist. And you are saying that in your opinion, not being in their lives, not being in their body, that you could see why they would kill themselves. And that is like a really fucked up thing. That is nobody's intention. I do not think that is anybody's intention when they say that stuff. But I just hate that. And I've gotten that a lot, too, from people who are like, I would have never thought you were depressed. I would have never known, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, the people who truly know me know that. And like, even like, like, you don't look like that. You don't look like that. That is not helpful for anyone on any end of the spectrum of what you consider to be conventionally attractive or conventionally successful and happy person. Mm -hmm. And it's so wildly sad. And I think people who are co-opting the narrative of something must have happened, like it couldn't have been suicide instead of taking a moment that can really, it's so sad. Like when you feel like that is your only option, it's a very sad and dark place to kind of be in. And I think if like people have not been there before you speak on it, just research of like how to speak about these things that is not triggering for other people, because I promise you that there's somebody in your life who has dealt with suicidal ideation and the way that you speak about that will directly influence and impact them and how they feel about their own lives. And it's just yeah. like so fucking sad. Yeah. So sad. Sending so much love to like her family and the community of people who knew her and were friends with her. I've like have not seen so many like mutuals of people that I follow who all knew her really well Mm -hmm. and were like so deeply impacted by her as a person. 
So we'll have some resources that listed if you are dealing with suicidal ideation or you have someone in your life who is. And biggest advice that I can always say is just like talk to someone, tell somebody, and it is not the only option, even if it does feel like the only option. And make sure that you are thinking about how you speak about people in these situations because you're talking about a person that you might not have known, but you you know somebody in your personal life who relates to this story and who will mm-hmm. really take your words to heart. <sighs> and if you think I'm wrong, <laughs> I will lose my shit. <laughs> like, ugh. Okay. Well, let's like say something fun and uplifting to end the episode. Like, what's okay. a funny thing we can? Well, now that you're not having surgery, we can do something for my birthday. Ha-ha. I have two February birthdays right next to each, right near each other. You and Mary Lisa. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone else? I think it's just Valentine's Day is right there too. That's what it is. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. What I don't know, but you can think on it. Yeah, it'll be exciting. Yeah, we have Valentine's Day coming up. Ugh. Well, I guess we should let people know if you head on over to our Instagram if you've listened this long to the episode. Comment. What sport you think that the co-ed team is? Yeah. Or if you like know any co-ed sports like at your colleges, like give us some insight. Let us know. I do like the idea of it being Quidditch. I or I like want... ultimate frisbee. Oh, ultimate's a good one too. They never say frisbee, it's just ultimate. Are you kidding? <laughs> what? Like the Lindsay Lohan song? You're you have the ultimate from Freaky Friday. I know, but I'm just saying, like the people that like are into it, they don't say ultimate frisbee. They just say ultimate. We're going to play ultimate. Okay. If they're going to like cut it down, like call it frisbee. Like it's frisbee before it's ultimate. No, but frisbee is just like you're just tossing ultimate has like. No, but that's like you're categorizing the sports and you're like, okay, sports, frisbee sports, ultimate frisbee, regular frisbee, ultimate sports. I'm like, I don't know, Iron Man. And then they're like, <laughs> ultimate frisbee. Like, Nobody Night says ultimate throwing. for anything else. No, the ultimate, I think it's in Friends. It's like an ultimate John Favreau. He like does like the ultimate fighter or something, but it is like just getting beat. Yeah, but no one does that anymore. That was like a thing no. in the 90s. It was? Yes. Dude. And then, you know, something lighthearted came along called ultimate frisbee. <laughs> and just all these like scrawny dudes in these I short know. shorts with like a ball hanging out like, I can't. They're like, it's golf, but it's Frisbee. And I'm like, I don't care. That was like a big California thing. I think it's a huge college thing. Because like in Arkansas, like it was like a thing that like I had a friend who her and her boyfriend were like so into it. Like it was like, that's how they spent their like they met that way. And that's how they spent their weekends. And it was like them going to tournaments. So it could be ultimate. It could be. Same vibe. I could see Brad being like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. this is going to ruin our flow. <laughs> I, I feel like we're spot on. Ultimate or Quidditch. <laughs> Quidditch. Like, I am actually so fucking confident. Like, because if they say swim team, I'm like, okay, you're all fucking each other. Like, yeah. you're yes. all fucking. Like, at least Quidditch and Ultimate Frisbee, I could see you being like very weird. But even that. with the swim team, they're still more separated they are more separated but like but they like go together yeah you would probably yeah. like you'd consider a swim team as a whole depending mm-hmm. on your college and like the level of competitiveness it would be you could consider it more co-ed because they yeah. do co-ed ones at uh the olympic i think they did yeah but swimmers as somebody who dated a lot of swimmers they all fuck each other <laughs> they do it's just a thing okay 
Okay. Well, that is it for this episode. If you want to send us in a submission for the But Are You Wrong segment, send us in one at butamirongpod at gmail.com. Keep it under 300 words. Let us know you your pronouns if you are comfortable, if you want. I know I keep saying that include your pronouns in these things, but I did just see a really interesting video about how not making those things mandatory, just making it normalized. So if you feel comfortable sharing your pronouns, it is anonymous. So good way to test out pronouns if you are trying to decide or figure out that. Give us as much detail as possible. Please do not abbreviate people as letters. Otherwise, we're just going to give them names and we might give them their real name and then Mm -hmm. it might feel like they're going to know it's about them if they listen. So give some fake names as much detail as possible. Let's read a comment. Here's one from Yasmin.13. Love Megan and Melissa as always. You spelled my name wrong, but you spelled Megan's right. So you'll get half a point. Half a point. Longtime listener of Don't Blame Me. Both of those podcasts where you feel like you're chatting with friends. I love that. Well, thank you. It's what we uh, we aim to do. And if you join our Patreon for Don't Blame Me, you will see this is how we chat. <laughs> this is just how we talk. Okay. So uh, we will circle back next week. Goodbye. Bye. But Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson.